0: Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. I'm Adele Bunch, Senior Programme Officer within the Development and Employment Team here at NHS Employers. Today I'm with Zoe Brown to record our very first podcast on raising concerns in the NHS. I think,
1: for me, the process after I'd tried to start raising my concerns was terrifying. I felt very isolated and not very supported at the time. And because the process took three years, I was left feeling like I did not want to work for the NHS anymore. In August
0: 2014, Zoe found herself in the Old Bailey giving evidence as an NHS whistleblower. But her story has a surprising outcome. One year on, she's somewhere she never imagined she would be, back at the same NHS Trust, managing a system for staff to raise concerns.
1: Towards the end of me having raised my concern, we had a new Chief Exec which automatically changed um, our ethos as a Trust and it was very quickly, very
0: clear to me that they were making a really big effort to, to listen to people's concerns and to take it seriously. Zoe was appointed Safety and Experience Lead at Cambridgeshire and Peterborough NHS Foundation Trust in January of this year. At the first of our Raising Concern Share and Learn Forum, she spoke about her experiences and the initial reaction of staff to her appointment.
1: I think staff were kind of initially sceptical, um, but I think now the role's kind of settled down a bit and people are more aware of it. It's been very positive and a lot of the feedback has been that it's been helpful that I've had that experience, um, so they feel kind of safe to talk and discuss concerns. Staff are they are aware that they can speak to me at any time and that doesn't have to be officially to raise a concern. It can just be somebody phoning me and saying, I've seen this, I've heard this, I don't really know where to go with it. Um, so they, they're welcome to do that. Um, and also we have uh, a whistleblowing hotline, an email address, which sits under me. So I check that, which again, staff know about. I've got direct access to our Director of Nursing and Chief Executive if necessary to raise something that's, been sort of, that's come to my attention, but sometimes it's not necessary to immediately go to them um, if, if the concern can be dealt with and we can kind of talk that through and problem solve that. But that's been really important for staff to know that we have got access and
0: that and people have said that's made them feel more confident to come forward. With guidance on the guardian role not due until 2016, early challenges facing Zoe have been about what training and support is available and how to promote the role to staff.
1: I've worked very closely with our communications team and that's been a really key aspect of the role um, because it is so new. Um, so we've had things, uh, we've got a trust intranet page, things have gone out on payslips to tell staff about the different ways they can raise concerns. I'm line-managed by a director of nursing um, and also have a mentor, um, external to our directorate, but somebody I can talk to um, or just discuss things that are going on uh, for me. Uh, But we've also, there's a a couple of other people um, across the country in the role um, and we try and kind of link in as much as possible and share sort of practice. Because of the lack of guidance, training's really been around uh, what we have kind of in-house in the Trust. Um, so there's sort of parts of aspects of management training that are about kind of conflict resolution um, Being able to speak to people of large groups that kind of thing um, And hopefully when the guidance comes out we'll have a better idea of what um, training would be most appropriate you know, This time last year I was terrified I never would have thought I would have been in this position or in this role and um, using my experience to help other people
2: I thought it was really interesting, I thought that she's clearly quite a a brave lady that has um, turned what has been, must have been personally quite a difficult experience into something
0: that is really quite positive. Claire Tini is Interim Associate Director at Nottinghamshire Healthcare NHS Foundation Trust. I think one of the things that actually
2: struck me was the... um, timescales that she referred to around three years of somebody going through personally what must have been a um, a significant level of of trauma I I would imagine and I think that the other thing I'm quite conscious of around that is whilst that was three years of probably sort of more formalised processes often it's something that people have thought about um, for some time so I think it, it kind of raised my awareness to be alert to the fact that actually at the point in which someone raises a concern they may already need a significant level of support because actually it's something that they've had to think about for a
0: while before actually entering into that sort of process. At the forum, Heather Bruce recently appointed Freedom to Speak Up Guardian for the University Hospitals for Morecambe Bay NHS Foundation Trust echoed Zoe's challenges around the role. There's quite a history in Morecambe Bay um, we know we do have
2: to combat some staff and public cynicism is because of the well-publicised cases. And there's the geography of the bay in pushing my role forward and making myself visible across the bay. Finding training opportunities and support for guardians doesn't seem to be that easy at the moment, but we're hoping that will improve as a consequence of maybe today.
0: A recurrent theme was how trusts are looking at combining the guardian role with other functions. Heather Bruce again.
2: This is a, really a work in progress. The um, job description states it's starting from eight hours, but none of this has been formalised. And personally, I don't think that eight hours would be enough to address it, but we're being flexible on that and they'll backfill, but it will take some negotiation with my line managers.
0: Uh, we've not appointed one yet, um, we're still deciding uh, how to allocate the role. Barry Mortimer is Senior HR Advisor for Calderdale and Huddersfield NHS Foundation Trust. No decision's been taken uh, yet, um, but we will at some stage in the near future um, have somebody in that role, but it won't be a specially created job.
2: If you're thinking of combining a, a Guardian role with an existing post, I think that it, that's useful in the sense that you can get somebody who's representative of a certain profession.
0: Nyla Cooper is the programme lead for the development and employment team at NHS Employers.
2: Having a number of guardians in different professions or um, champions across different professions that can link up with the guardian will be really important in understanding the issues and taking those forward. Um, I think there's a key message there for individuals and that's around not underestimating the level of involvement that Guardian will have. So it's absolutely crucial that support is in place um, with regard to peer support, um, training for the Guardian, um, and sharing learning and messaging. We will certainly look at developing resources and online tools that employers can use to deliver at a local level, but as for a training package I think um, the independent national officer, once they're appointed, will be looking at that in more detail. I think there's an issue around managing expectations about what that guidance might include, and we've got a real opportunity here
0: as employers and
2: supporting managers to shape some of that.
0: As trusts await guidance, Zoe had some advice for those looking at appointing a guardian and for potential guardians themselves.
1: Don't be put off by people being negative about the role. I've had a lot of that, um, which was initially very difficult, um, and people saying it wasn't going to work and it wasn't going to be effective. But I think it's, you know, it's about this is about creating change in trusts and helping people to do the right thing.
0: Our thanks to Zoe Brown for sharing her experiences. I said at the outset that this is the first in a series of podcasts tackling raising concerns in the NHS. So we want to hear from you and here's how you can get in touch. To add your voice to the Raising Concerns debate you can follow at nhse underscore nyla, that's N-Y-L-A, on Twitter, or email nyla.cooper at nhsemployers.org and simply use the hashtag NHSDrawTheLine to join the campaign.